Hi, welcome to D&Me, the show where I and me play D&D. I sit here and I play D&D by myself because everybody else is busy right now. Enjoy. So, last week, a bit of a boo-boo happened. A big old hiccup. Scott couldn't make it to seven questions, and I felt really bad that we couldn't put an episode out. I was going to edit an old one, and I really tried, but it just didn't turn out well. It turned out really bad. Like, horribly, horribly bad. So, I came up with an idea for a show that I've been wanting to do for a really, really long time. And the show is called D&Me. And the idea is, is I've never seen a D&D podcast where it's just one person before. I never even seen it where it was just two people before, which is why I did Testers and Jesters. But I've always wanted to play D&D by myself because I love playing D&D and people aren't usually free to play it. Back when I was younger, when I started playing D&D, our DM quit and that's why I became a DM because I was desperate to play the game so much that I was like, all right, I'll run all the rules. But then a couple of years later, there was a time where no one was ever free and I was desperate to play D&D. So I played it by myself. I played D&D by myself once. And it was good, but there was one thing missing, and it was that stage presence that you get when you're trying to perform to your friends and play D&D and really, like, act it out and tell the story with them. And that energy gets lost when you play by yourself, and it just isn't fun. But now I've figured out, if I just record it and talk to an audience, then I can do it by myself, and it'll work. So this is a bonus episode of Testers and Jesters. It's, like, two weeks early. It's going to come out a little bit earlier than Testers and Jesters would, because last week we didn't have an episode. So I've rigged up a little recording thing. And when I click a couple of buttons. Now the other me is speaking. I run this through a filter. And now I can be my character. And I can change this however I like. It's just the press of a button. So that it's easier to edit. And it really seems like two people are recording. So when I go in and edit. It would be a lot easier to layer them. So I want to test a game we haven't played in a long time. That game is called The Pit. Now, this is one of the only games we played where Matt DM'd instead of me. Now, normally, the whole point of this show is so I can test the book I've been writing. And Matt has been helping me write it for years, but he's always said that it's my thing and not his, and that he's just helping out. He's a consultant. So, when it comes to DMing a game, he wanted to try it for the podcast because he was so inspired by the first game I did that he really wanted to DM me on the show. So, we did The Pit. And it was really good. I love The Pit. And I think it's a fucking great episode. It's a very good two-parter where Aiden Blackshadow, who's a demonologist, goes to this competition called The Pit. And he gets this cleric with him named Celia, who reluctantly comes with him on the adventure to defeat The Pit. And on the adventure, tragically, spoiler alert, you might want to go listen to that one. I died, guys. I hung out with this idiot, and he got me killed. I got burnt by horrible fire and was disintegrated into ash, and now I'm dead. So I came up with a really good idea. What if the pit took your soul when you died, and you were forever trapped there? Matt kind of implied it in his DMing, and a lot of that session was improvised, and a lot of it wasn't even all that planned out, and Matt actually can't find his original charts for the dungeon. So I thought, 
I love this dungeon so much, I will actually add it into the book. So I've been trying to design it, and I think I can test it now. And I want this dungeon to be so well done that I can do it by myself. That's the main reason I'm doing this show. So the basic idea is, this is sort of like the video game Hades, which I've been playing a lot. In the game Hades, you're trying to escape Hades, the Greek underworld. And I was thinking about the way it works and how roguelikes work, and I wanted to make a D&D dungeon similar to that game. So when I remembered the pit, I was like, oh yeah, perfect, I can do the same thing. So the pit is this sort of never-ending, randomized dungeon, and the way I've designed it, it can be played a lot of times, and it changes completely based on the DM, based on the players, based on the challenge ratings of players and characters. So I thought I'd run it this week. So let's get started. First of all, as we always do on this show, tell me about your character, me. Well, my name is Cetelia. I am a cleric of Alamaeus, the light god, the god of light. And I got killed in the last game. And now I need to escape this place. And it's all I really want. I feel very weak. And I feel like I need to regain and reclaim my honor in order to escape this place. So we'll just see what happens. I'm a very inhuman cleric, specifically light domain cleric, and I can't wait to play it because I've never actually played a cleric before. Cool. So let's get started then. Okay, let's do it. Hidden in the dark and murky wastes of the Black Arch is the Dreadmire. Massive, dark wetlands teeming with life. Below the massive water, plants, and rotting dead is a place known only as the Pit. The pit is known around the world as a challenge to many would-be adventurers. The small town of Blightshire has based all of its business on tourism of this pit. After a long rowboat ride from Boatman Joe, a massive, ominous skeleton known as the Lord of the Swamp guards this ancient temple of death. Whomever dies in the pit will forever be trapped inside forced to wander aimlessly as one of its many combatants. That is, unless they prove their worth. Any victim of the pit must clear each of the randomly shifting floors and defeat those souls trapped there to escape. At the beginning of this adventure, you can roll a d4 or choose a specific story you want to do. You can enter the competition like we sort of did in the last one. You can capture a target that is within the games, which is also what we did, sort of in the second one. You can escape the pit, which is what we're going to do today, if you died inside. Or, which we will do later, you can end the pit. Anyone who has already been in the pit before can return to try to defeat it fully. And it has completely different rules. So, let's get started. You find yourself trapped in a dark, dark pit. A pitch black room with no light, completely lost and confused. Alright, um, I'm going to cast light to light up the room so I can tell what the hell is going on. And I'm going to ready a fireball in my offhand, just in case. As you lit off light from your hand, illuminating the room, you see a pedestal sitting in front of you in front of a large stone doorway. I walk up to the pedestal and look at it. Is there anything on it? Written on the pedestal is the message, Welcome to the pit. Sorry, I can't do Matt's voice. It was so good. I know, right? It's fucking nuts. 
That voice was so good, and I cannot recreate it. Welcome to the pit. Uh, I can't do it, especially with this voice. Underneath Welcome to the Pit, it says, Any who enter here are forever trapped. To escape, you must defeat those trapped with you. A handprint is on the pedestal. I want to make sure that it isn't a trap or something. I'm going to take a piece of cloth or something and put it on it first before I put my hand on there. As you take the little cloth, whatever you wrap it in, and you put it in the hole, nothing happens. It doesn't seem dangerous at all. What do you do? I'm going to take my hand and I'm going to place it in the pedestal reluctantly. I really don't want to do this, but, you know, you got to do it. It's the only other way out. There's no other doors, right? No, there's no other doors. All right, I'm going to just put my hand on it then. As you put your hand on it, it stings and it stabs a giant blade through your hand. It just fucks you up. (laughs) (sighs) That's a terrible joke. Anyway, you put your hand on it and uh, suddenly I have to make a roll. 1d12. Of course we get the terrible one. In front of you, two doorways appear. One to the left with the symbol carved above it molding and changing in front of you the stone wall begins to shake and multiple doorways appear above the stone archway is a little symbol carved into the stone that has suddenly appeared out of nowhere above the left door is a picture of a tree above the right door is a picture of a mountain what do you do can i see through the doorway yes when you look through the doorways make a perception check Perception, that's a 14. With a 14, you can look into the room. The darkness does not block your sight. Both rooms look similar, but a little different. On the left is a massive empty room, but growing out of the center of the room are dozens and dozens of trees and plants, and it looks almost like a forest inside. On the right, instead of trees, are massive crags of stone sticking out, almost like it's in a mountain range. But both seem to have a ceiling and walls around them, like some kind of weird playpen. As hesitant as I am to go through the mountain doorway, I feel like someone who believes in Alamaeus, a god who's like in the mountains. When I look through these two doorways, I see a forest and I see a mountain. And I think for this character, for me, Satelia. I think that I should go through the mountain doorway because the mountain is where the gods reside. It's the closest to the gods. And forests are kind of basic. All right. You walk into the right doorway towards these mountainous floors. As you enter, you start to notice multiple pathways leading in and out of stone cliffs that are much higher than you. And you could probably climb the stone wall if you'd like, but you're not quite sure what to do here. Uh, I'm going to cast Minor Illusion and create a fake me that's sort of walking in front of me, making a lot of noise. How the hell do you have Minor Illusion? You're a cleric. I picked Sorcerer Initiate so I could have a couple of extra spells just because I wanted to be a little bit more powerful than a normal cleric and have a couple of my go-tos. Your illusion appears and starts to walk through making noise. Make a perception check. Nat 20. Suck it. Okay. With a nat 20, you 
can immediately hear something in the distance. You can tell with your perfect nat 20 that there are creatures waiting, listening to you as you walk through the cliffside. There's something out there, and you're not quite sure where it is yet. I got a nat 20. Why would it? Why would I not know where it is? Okay, yeah, yeah. I'm an idiot. Yeah, you can tell that on the edge of a cliff nearby, guarding the exit, you can see the wing of some kind of lizardy creature. Do I recognize it? Make a history check. Well, uh, that's a nine. So I'm guessing no. Yeah, you have no idea what this thing is. It looks like some kind of lizard-winged monster creature, but it doesn't see you yet. I'm going to send my illusion out and try to distract it so I can run past and try to go into the doorway. You create an illusion of yourself. The illusion begins to walk. The creature seems to see it and look at it, and you can tell that it's definitely interested and starts to walk up the cliff wall 50 feet above it and stare down on it. As it gets closer, you see two massive wings and the small body of a little dragon man. Is it a kobold? You don't know. You got a nine. You have no clue what it is. Oh, shit. Fuck you. I got a nat 20. And it sees through your illusion. It immediately knows. It looks up and sees you, and it screeches. And you can see behind it that the door is sealed. And the only way out seems to be killing it. All right, railroad much? It's not a railroad. It's a requirement to get out of the room. Uh Uh-huh. What do you do? I'm going to cast Catapult, which I can only do once a day. And I'm going to hold out a rock off the ground. You know what? I just realized something. A javelin weighs two pounds, and the spell Catapult says you can take an item that is one to five pounds and shoot it that isn't being worn or carried. So if I drop it, I can use it because I'm not carrying it anymore. So I'm going to shoot it 90 feet right at the dude. Cool. Um, it has to make a dex save, right? Yep. Dexterity saving throw. It's got a beat and 11. It got a 3, so it's going to take the full damage. Roll your damage. All right, that's 3d8. That is 10 bludgeoning damage. As you see this giant winged kobold stare at you as your illusion does nothing to it, it screeches at you. You take your javelin off your back, throw it into the air... It begins to float as you grab it with your hand using the magic and the power of Alimaeus. And by the power of Jesus Christ, you throw that shit right at him and you deal 10 damage to the kobold. Oops, I said what it was. Really? Okay. You strike into it and it immediately dies. How do you kill it? (laughs) I'm going to catapult the javelin into it and I'm just going to shoot it right through its head so it goes right through the middle and his head just explodes his head explodes viscera and guts fly all over the mountainside he is dead but for some reason the door isn't open yet that doesn't make any sense i got an at 20 there was only one guy in the room you hear the sounds of magic make a perception check Well, that's a nat one, so that's not good. With a nat one, you have no fucking clue where this guy is, uh, or guys. You seem pretty blinded, actually. I'm gonna take my illusion, and I'm gonna have it scream, 
and I'm gonna hide behind the wall because I have no idea where any of the enemies are. I got a 17 on stealth. Uh, you know, if you could wait until I tell you to do the roll. Uh-huh. You go behind the wall, and no one can tell where you are. A lot of rolls. What do you do? Oh, also, roll initiative. That's an 11 plus 3. 14. They go first. Each of the winged creatures is going to pick up a massive rock, and they're going to fly above you and drop it on you. One of them thinks the illusion is real, and the other one knows it's not. The first one flies above you and goes to drop a rock on you. That is a 19 plus 5. Does that hit? Yeah. Yeah, it hits. 19 AC. A massive rock drops on your head dealing four damage to you and just so the audience knows in this dungeon you go to level one when you start and you have to work your way back up to where you were all right i'm at half health right now i only have eight hp and you better get moving the second kobold takes a rock and drops it on your illusion revealing that it is fake the fake you just keeps talking hey over here look at me i'm totally real it sees right through it and it looks over towards you and it's going to come on the next turn so you better get ready what do you do it is your turn I'm going to cast Inflict Wounds, and since the creature's not within my area, I'm going to run, try to get away, and uh, there's really nothing else I can do. I don't have any healing spells. Apparently, clerics, you can only get really one spell, and I wanted to get attack spells, so no healing for me. 16 plus 4, that is a 20. You hold out your hand, and dark necrotic energy comes off. 21 damage. As you hold out your hand and cast this spell of darkness on them, it slowly rots from the inside out and disintegrates into ash, very similarly to how you died earlier. And it buckles and falls to the ground, what is left of it, anyway. It blows away in the wind, having aged almost a thousand years from how powerful that was. All right, I'm going to go, and I'm going to go hide somewhere behind the rock walls and hope that uh, maybe it can't find me on its turn. Make a stealth roll. That is 7 plus 3. That's a 10. You hide behind the rock wall. On the kobold's turn, it's going to try to find you, but it got a nat 1. So it just simply goes back to the perch, waiting for you to arrive, knowing that your illusion isn't real. What do you do? All right, I'm going to climb the rock wall. I just realized that uh, inflict wounds is touch, so I just messed up that whole turn. Oh. Um, well, you know, we'll just go with it. It was so cool. It was a nat, it was a 21. So you must have climbed up the wall to get to it. So you didn't hide. So it's coming for you then. I'm cool with that. That makes sense. Cause yeah, I just climbed up the wall and then grabbed him. Or you know what? Even better. As he flew over you and he dropped the rock, you grabbed his ankle cause he was still pretty low to the ground flying above you and you rotted away his body. And he turned to ash and fell. And now you're climbing the wall. Yeah, I'm just going to use my full movement to climb all the way up the wall. And uh, try to hide behind one of the rocks while I look at the uh, kobold and survey to figure out where he is. I got a 16 in stealth. And a nat 20 on perception. Atelia fucking can see all. Holy shit. Okay, these dice are cheating. 
because uh, it got a nat 20 on its perception check. So we're going to do a perception off. What's your perception? That would be plus four. He has disadvantage on perception checks, so actually he got a three. All right, he misses. He has no idea where you are. Kobolds can't see for shit. What does he do on his turn, then? Uh, he's going to pick up a rock, and then he's just going to scream out to you. Where are you? Don't hide from me. I know where you are. I'm waiting. You can't kill me. I'm going to use Thaumaturgy, and I'm going to make my voice booming and echo from all around the mountains and scare him to try to intimidate him into dropping the rock and just waiting. All right, roll a check. Intimidation check. Ho! Nat 20 again. I shit you not, I am getting constant nat 20s and constant nat 1s. I'm not lying. It's true. I can see her roll. It's a nat 20. You intimidate the fuck out of him. He is terrified. He drops his rock, and he takes his dagger out of his pocket, and he throws it under the, under the rocky wall, and he just says, Please don't hurt me. I've been trapped here for so long. I'm going to ask him to join me. I'm going to tell him, I'm sorry that I killed your friend, but he was trying to kill me. Please join me, and we can leave together. Make a persuasion roll. With disadvantage, because you did just kill his friend. He is scared, but not scared enough to be your best friend. That is a 12. Oh my god. He rolled a nat 1. He's going to join you now. Awesome. Alright, I'm going to walk out, and I'm going to walk up to him, where he's on this big rocky wall, and I'm going to say, Alright. How do we get out of here? Uh, usually when we kill someone, the door opens and then we can leave. We wanted to go through your door, and you're trying to go through our door. The rooms are random. They don't. They move around crazy. Everybody in here is just trying to get out. And it's a fight to the death. The doors don't open unless we kill each other. Well, I don't want to kill a defenseless opponent. I'm not going to take out my weapon and just kill you immediately. The kobold thinks about whether or not he should kill you, and he waits a few minutes. He's not sure what to do. Suddenly, the door opens. Surprisingly, you hear the voice of the Lord of the Swamp say, I'll allow it. Work together. Kill. Sacrifice. Entertain me. Did you hear that? Because I heard that. Yeah, I heard it. I guess we're working together. The kobold picks up his dagger. You pick up your javelin. And the two of you, surprisingly walk up to the doorway that's leaving the room. In front of you are two doorways, one on the left and one on the right. The one on the left appears to be some sort of campfire nestled in the mountains under a light little cove. The one on the left appears to be a room filled with creatures all talking to one another. What do you do? What kind of creatures are they? The creatures appear to be little flying bat monsters that are all flying around a guy at the center. As cool as that room is, I'm going to go to the campfire. Alright. You walk through the doorway, and the kobold comes with you with his large wings shrinking behind his back as he walks with you. The two of you enter into a light-nestled campfire under the Rocky Mountains. You can feel the wind on your back 
as you walk across this large stone mountain. And you can look out and the walls have the sights of your homeland painted on them. And it feels almost as if you really are standing on the top of the world. The two of you are sitting in front of the campfire. And the door is locked. But a small timer appears written on the wall. The timer says 8 hours and 15 minutes when you enter the doorway. It slowly ticks down. What do you do? Well, I don't know about you, Kobold, but I'm going to rest. I'm going to take a long rest and get all my hit points and my spells back. What's your name, Kobold? My name is Ricky. Rickety Ricky. My brother's name was Rack, and you just killed him. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I killed your brother, but he was coming for me. And I know this is tense, but we both need to rest. And I know you're angry. But he's not gone, right? This place is infinite. Yeah, I know. When people die here, they come back. But that means we're separated now. And there's no way for me to find him. You've separated me from my brother. The two of you sit for an hour. You get one short rest. Alright, I'm back up to full health. But my spell slots aren't back yet. I still have one slot for inflict wounds. The two of you sit at the fire, and he just stares at you angrily. What do you do? I'm going to move to the other side of the room and uh, be vigilant. Just make sure he doesn't uh, do anything crazy. As you sit in the room, he also sits in the room. And about an hour passes. Make a perception check. Ooh, I may have made a terrible mistake. That's a 19 plus 4. As you're sitting there, you notice he's off in the corner doing something, and you're not quite sure what he's doing. And he seems to be praying. And for a second, you think that maybe you should go talk to him. But suddenly... A massive hawk appears out of nowhere and flies at you. He points at you, and the hawk flies towards you. What do you do? Um, attack? That's a nat one? Yeah, so it's going to attack you. So the bird's coming at you. The bird is going to peck into your face. That's a 12 plus 4. Does that hit? Nope, 19 AC. Suck it, bird. I pull up my shield just to have 21 AC, and I block its ass. You block the bird, but it's still his turn, and he's going to throw a dagger at you. He had more than one. Sneaky little prick. Well, this is embarrassing. He got a two. He throws the dagger, but it just flies right past you. It is now your turn. What do you do to this man? I'm sorry. I don't want to kill you. It's wrong for me to kill someone who's, you know, totally below my level. I'm sorry about your brother, but you'll see him again. Just stop attacking me. Roll persuasion. That's a four plus three, seven. He looks at you, and for a second, he's almost going to do it, because he rolled pretty low. But as he looks at you... You see the rage open in his eyes, and he's going to throw another dagger and point and scream, kill her, as the bird attacks you. 
you got a fucking nat one. Oh my god. Alright. Him and the bird do the same amount of damage. Alright, he throws the dagger and it misses yet again. And he actually cuts his hand a little bit, taking one damage. And then the bird pecks into your face and tries to kill you. It deals three damage, pecking you in the eye. Don't make me do this. I don't want to kill you. It's your turn. What do you do? I'm going to... I'm going to cast Firebolt, and I'm going to shoot at him, and I'm going to try not to kill him. I'm going to try to do a non-violent Firebolt. That is a 15. Does that hit? Yep. Roll damage. That is nine fire damage. As you shoot at him, a bolt of fire in your hand, you don't want to hurt him, and you pray that he doesn't die, and you shoot the firebolt, hits him in the chest, and he falls to the ground unconscious. But his bird is still coming after you. Come at me, bird. That is an 18 plus 4. Does that hit? Surprisingly, yeah. Yeah, that hits. That is five damage. <laughs> oh shit. That's my that's my fucking that's my health. That's exactly what my health is. Alright, I gotta go with it. I can't change the rolls to help me. What happens? As you shoot the cobalt with the firebolt, sparing his life, his bird isn't as friendly. The bird pecks into your face, rips out your eyeball pecks into your throat, rips out your throat, and you bleed to death falling on the ground, hoping this is all just a nightmare, but knowing that it's only just begun. You wake up in the same room you started in, but you are now, but you are now level three. Why three? I, I, I only beat one room. Well, every time you die, you gain a level. Is that a good idea, or should we do... Every time you beat a room, you level up. I feel like doing good is what makes you level up, not getting killed. Because then the player is just going to go out and get killed like 15 times. Like what stops me from just running out and having him shoot me 20 times and then I'm done. You know, you're right. I, that was stupid. Yeah. Um, uh, you're level two now. Every time you complete a room, you will gain a level. So if you beat him in that fight, if you beat the bird, you would have gotten another level. Because the bird got you, you lose. All right, cool. So let me level up real quick. Level 2 clerics get a bunch of shit. I got my new channel divinities, so I got turn undead, which every cleric has, and then each subclass gives you a different one. So I got divine radiance, which lets me make a beam of light that kills everybody around me, or does a bunch of damage at least. And I get a bunch of spells, so let's pick some. Uh, I'm going to pick some fucking healing spells, healing word, and cure wounds. And then I get one more spell. Shield of Faith gives me plus two AC, which is pretty good. Ooh, but there's also Guiding Bolt. Fuck, there's so many options. I think Command is a save, so I'd rather not have saves because saves never really work. So yeah, let's do Guiding Bolt for now. I need a ranged attack. Alright, I'm ready. Yeah, D&D Beyond seems to make this a lot easier. Uh, yeah, you get a long rest, you get all your shit back, all your health, and you are now level two. So, you wake up in this room, and it is pitch black again. And in front of you is yet again two doors. Except this time, the forest door is locked. The stone seems to push the doorway back in. And you only have the mountain passage. 
And the Lord of the Swamp speaks to you in your mind and says, You've made your choice, and you've died. Be less merciful. Good luck. What do you do? Well, since there's only one way through, and I'm all ready, uh, I'm going to pray to Alamis real quick, and I'm going to say, Alamis, I'm sorry that I killed that guy's brother, but he was trying to kill me. And hopefully they'll be reunited. I hope. I did the best I could. I'm sorry I couldn't beat the bird. I would have taken him with me as I went, but I failed. And I'm sorry. I enter through the door. As you enter into this next room, it appears to be the room that you skipped before. As you enter inside, you notice that it's filled with creatures. Surrounding you is a massive circle of stone walls. And in front of you is the doorway, but the door is locked. And sitting in the center of the room is a small little pseudo-dragon waiting for you to enter. On the rock faces that are circling you is a bunch of sturges, little bat-like creatures, all floating and waiting, sitting on the edge of the cliff, watching you, waiting for what you do. What do you do? I walk up to the pseudo-dragon and I say, what do you want? The dragon looks at you and it does not speak, but you hear in your mind words come from it as its mouth is closed. It says, Answer these riddles, and the Sturges won't kill you. If you fail, you will die. Okay, so I have a riddle generator, and I'm going to give you some riddles. Normally a DM would write these riddles based on the character, but I can't know what the answer is because then you'll know. Yeah, we share a brain, so it's kind of hard for you to like know the answer and me not know the answer. So I'm glad we found somewhere where we could get the riddles. Yeah, it was going to be a nightmare if I couldn't. So I found a website named fantasynamegenerators.com. I love this website. I use it for a bunch of stuff. And this one's about riddles. And it puts the riddle first and then separates it from the answer so you can scroll up and not see the answer when you generate it. The generate button should be higher, but whatever. It's fine. I get it. DMs are supposed to get the riddles, and the players are supposed to do the riddles. But since I am both, it's complicated. But anyway, the dragon looks at you, and it speaks into your mind. I am weightless, but you can see me. Put me in a bucket, and I'll make you lighter. What am I? Well, I feel like I've heard this one in passing before. So I'm going to guess air. Wrong. Fuck. All the sturges in the stands around you start to shake with anger. And the pseudo-dragon says, Two more wrong answers, and it's all over. It's a hole. I can't believe I actually got that one wrong. I really did think it was air, but no, it's a hole. I, I've heard this riddle before, and I got it wrong. Well, fuck. All right. Next riddle, please, Mr. Dragon Baby. I'm the part of a bird that's not in the sky. I can swim in the ocean and remain dry. What am I? Part of a bird that's not in the sky. I can swim in the ocean and remain dry. I'm thinking feather, but I don't think that's right. Swim in the ocean. Remain dry. Coral? What swims in the ocean and isn't wet? Oh, because birds' feathers repel water, right? Yeah, I think it's a feather. All right, Mr. Dragon, my final answer? Feather. The answer is a bird's shadow. Fuck! <laughs> God damn it, really? That's so stupid. The crowd begins to wail and scream, but you still have one more chance. 
this is how you know I'm really being legit with these tests because I suck at riddles. Um, and uh, I'm actually getting them wrong, even though, you know, you're me and I'm you. All right. Um, next riddle, please. After a fall, I will take over. All life will stall. Or at least grow slower. What am I? My first thought is winter, but let me think. Yeah, fall, then it becomes winter. All life will stall. Yeah, it's winter. Winter, 100%. There's no way it could be anything else. Correct. Yes! Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. It's winter. Suck my lady dick. As you say, suck my lady dick to the dragon, it just stares at you and says, no. (laughs) As you look at the door, it's still locked. How many do I have to do before you let me out? You have to ask me a riddle, now that you've won. If I fail the riddle, then you can leave. Okay. I'm going to read the next one, then. Here we go. Alimaeus, give me a riddle that can beat this guy. I can be cracked. I can be made. I can be told. I can be played. What am I? I can be cracked. I can be made. I can be told, I can be played. I'm thinking song. I can be told. A tale. Song can also be played, though. I can be made as a song. But I can be cracked. What does that mean? How is that a song? I can be cracked. I can be told. A bell tolls. A bell can be played. A bell. Ha! Fuck you! Fuck you! (laughs) It's a joke, bitch! It's a joke! Suck it! Suck it! It's a joke. It's not a bell. You're wrong. Let me out. As you say this in a very boastful and rude manner, the door begins to open, and the pseudo dragon is filled with rage. It points at you, and it says, Kill her! As the door opens behind you, The fog of darkness begins to move into the room and kill all of the Sturges that are in the back. What do you do? Look, I know that I was being cocky, but I was just excited, and that's okay. You don't have to attack me because you suck. Goodbye. I'm going to run through the door before they get me and let the darkness kill them because they failed. As you race through the room, all these creatures are flying towards you, but you manage to be faster because you did get the riddle right. And as you walk through the doorway, they cannot exit it. As they go up to the door, it is just a wall, and you watch as the darkness envelops the pseudo-dragon. It looks you in the eyes, and you hear in your mind, You're right. You bested me. Hope to see you again. Goodbye. And the door shuts. Well, that was really good. I liked that. All right. Next room. Okay, we're going to roll again, and I'm hoping that we'll get a mini-boss soon. Yes! I actually rolled a mini-boss. Holy shit. Okay. That's a six. So, you are level two. As you enter into the room... It feels very ominous and dark. As you enter the room, 
you turn around and you see behind you a dark, ominous cloud of smoke. The entire room is very similar to the first one, where it is a stone circle around you of wall. But the ground is hot to the touch and black. It seems almost volcanic around you. Standing in front of you is a giant newt made of fire, dressed in armor. And it is sitting atop a giant flaming bird. And it stares at you. Are you going to ask me another riddle? Because that was fun. No. I am the second in command of these mountainous floors. I follow the strongest of us all. And you will not see him. You will die by my hand. And I will walk through that door, riding atop my precious steed. As he says this, the door behind you expands to fit him and the giant steed underneath him. And he pulls out his weapon. Roll initiative. That is a five. He got a 16, so he's first. He's going to try to spit fire at you. And he misses. He spits a small bit of fire in your direction. Make a save with advantage. That's a 19. As he shoots the fire at you, you dodge out of the way so perfectly that you don't take a single drop of fire. It is now your turn. He allows you to attack at him. All right. He just shot fire at me. I'm, I'm excited about my riddles. Let's see. What can I do here? Well, burning hands isn't exactly going to work on a fire guy. But... I am going to climb up the wall, and then I'm going to shoot a beam of guiding bolt at him. And I say, Alameus, give me the power to destroy this enemy. That's a 15 plus 4, 19. That hits. Roll your damage. Okay, that is 4d6, 13 damage. You hold out your hand, and you shoot this bolt of light directly at him. It hits him in his little newt chest, and it sears into him. And he's never felt the pain of burning before, because he is made of fire. But this is light, not fire. And somehow, it manages to hurt him. And he is very weak now, but he's still kicking. He stares at you in anger, and smiles. Finally, a challenge... He's going to race at you and try to hit you with his scimitar while he flies by. It races up to you, and as you are climbing the wall, it tries to bite you as he tries to swing at you. He misses. It misses. You manage to climb your way up high enough so he can't hit you. Don't run from me, coward! Ha! <laughs> yeah, I climb up the wall to the top. And I shoot another guiding bolt at him. That is a 13. Does that hit him? Nope. You shoot a bolt at him. Does nothing. Shoots past him. He stares at you. And the bird begins to stick its talons into the stone and walk upright. And he starts walking up the wall towards you. And his bird spits fire up at you just like he does. Make a dex save. That is a 15 plus... 
four. You save, but you're going to take half damage. He also deals 46. Oh, shit. Okay. You take 22 damage, but because you saved, you take 11. So you're still alive. But holy shit. Oh, fuck. Okay, I have 2 HP now. Good thing I got some fucking healing spells. Yeah, good thing. It is your turn. Alright, I'm kind of pissed about that. I'm going to run farther back on the stone cliff so that I can get far enough away from him so that he doesn't attack me next turn. And I'm going to run out and I'm going to cast Cure Wounds on myself. And uh, I think that's it. I don't think I have any... My only bonus action spell is another healing spell, but I can only cast one spell at a time. So there's really nothing else I can do. So yeah, I'm going to heal myself. Oh yeah, max heal, plus 10. It's like nothing even happened, baby. Just skip my turn. He climbs up the wall like it was nothing. The bird has 50 feet speed. He races up the wall, goes right up next to you, and is going to swing his scimitar at you as the bird tries to bite you. That's a 17 plus 6 and a 16 plus 6. I should have taken Shield Faith. If I had Shield of Faith, I would have missed one, but fuck. Okay, what happens? Do I die? The bird bites into you and does nine damage. The fire newt strikes into you and deals five damage. Well, I'm dead. God damn it. Fucking Jesus Christ. These guys keep fucking burning me to death. Fuck. The newt and his giant bird bite into you, bite into you. Your body rips open. He bursts fire onto your body. You melt, gooey as ever. You fall to the ground, a puddle of goo, horribly in pain, screaming. He looks at you, and he says, You will never see the master, and you will never leave this floor. You wake up in the room, screaming as if you were just on fire. <sighs> Jesus Christ. Oh, Alameus. Oh, Alameus. <sighs> Alameus. Oh. Okay. Oh, fuck. I'm gonna get out of here. You are now level three because you defeated the riddle room. I like this. It's working. Every time I lose, I still beat the weaker challenges. It's like every room is quick enough that we can do them really fast, but then also... Um, every time I beat a room, I level up. So even if I can't beat the fights at first, I can still do the riddles and the puzzles. Or vice versa, if I'm not very good at riddles and puzzles, I can win the fights. So as long as I keep going, I'm gonna make it out of here eventually. And I like that we reuse rooms after they've been made. Oh yeah, okay. Um, I can't wait to kill this guy. I can't wait to get to him and kill him. Alright, let's do this. Alright, at level 3, I gain... Nothing. Just spells, I think. I still haven't used my radiance, though, so that, that'll be cool. Okay, manage spells. What do I got now? I get to learn one extra spell. But I also have second level spells now, so let me fucking change shit around. Fuck yeah, spiritual weapon. I need that. How many second levels do I have? Two. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna change a bunch of spells. Cool thing about clerics is you know all your spells, you just prepare different ones. Okay, um, I like all the spells I have now. 
I think, yeah, I'm just going to add spiritual weapon. Prayer of healing is good. But I don't have any allies right now. And as helpful as it is, I can just do cure wounds at second level. I can't wait until I can get fucking shield of faith and uh, scorching ray maybe. Oh, I already have scorching ray. Wow, dude, the fucking Xanathar's Guide added this optional feat you can get where clerics can learn a bunch of spells based on their domain. And it is so good. It like fixes the class. It gives you so many extra abilities. I love it. When I level up, my health goes to 18, and I gain second level spell slots, and I've learned the spells Spiritual Weapon, Flaming Sphere, and Scorching Ray, which is kind of hard in a fire-themed dungeon, but that's okay. Uh, I hope I get Ice Floor next time. Um, the dungeon is mountainous, but apparently, based on the mini-boss, I'm pretty sure that I'm going to be having fire around here, so we'll see. In front of you is the same door as before. The mountainous symbol on top. Do you want to take a break or do you want to keep going? It's about time to take a break. Hell no, man. I want to finish this. I want to at least kill the newt. Maybe we can stop after that, but I need to keep going. All right, let's go. In front of you is a doorway leading to another room. What do you do? I pray to Alamaeus again. Please give me the strength to escape this place. But most importantly, give me the strength to defeat that newt asshole. Please. Please, Alamaeus. Let's do it. And I walk in. As you walk in, we're going to roll another room. Oh my god, I got a six. You go straight to the boss. Straight to the mini-boss. Fuck yeah, fuck you, Salamander. I'm coming for you. As you enter the room, you see the Salamander standing in front of you. And he turns and he looks at you. Back so soon. That's lucky. Very convenient for you. Nothing's convenient when you got Alamaeus on your side. Now face me. You bested me before, but I'm stronger now. I cast Flaming Sphere. Wait, no, he's... Fuck. God damn it. He's, he's made of fire. That's stupid. God damn it. Well, I already said it, so... Fuck. Why did I do that? You were too excited, and you said it, so it happened. You cast a ball of flaming magic around him, wasting one of your second spell slots. It does nothing to him, and he laughs. Even his bird is immune to fire. And actually, you heal him with that. And the fight begins anew. Well, uh, that's what I wanted. I wanted to heal you. I can beat you with one of my spell slots missing. And you know what? You should be at full health so that this is a healthy competition. God damn it. That's very sportingly of you. In turn, I will allow you to ready yourself to face me and my mount. My name is Gordon, Gordon the Newt, and this is little Jiminy. The giant bird screeches as he says Jiminy. Those are both very nice names, but I'm going to have to beat you so I can fight your boss. I cast spiritual weapon to create a weapon next to me. What kind of weapon is it? It's a 
massive warhammer, just like Alamus's, made of solid gold that can strike light into anything. It's not the real one. It's just one that looks like it. Are you ready to face me and my bird? Are you ready to be defeated once again and put in your place as a servant of the Lord of Fire? I'm ready for you to go down and for me to go take him out so that I can escape and one day return to free all of you. I wish you luck. Now let's fight. He races towards you, ready to fight. I'm going to hit him upside the head with my hammer. Roll an attack roll. That's a 15 plus 4. 19. That hits. Roll damage. That is 7 damage. Force damage. No resistances on that one, baby. You strike into him with your massive hammer floating in the sky as it hits him down in the head. He's still very much healthy, but you did take a pretty big chunk. That's not the end of my turn. I'm going to cast Guiding Bolt as I climb up the wall. Roll an attack roll. Nat 20. 24, bitch. Nat 20. Holy fuck. Double dice, baby. 8d6. 30. Four radiant damage, bitch. Take it. Take all that damage. Holy fuck. You're on a goddamn warpath. You point out your hand, and light emanates from it, and Alameus himself gives you the power to strike down this foe. A beam of light shoots straight through the Fire Newt's chest, through his giant mount, and both of them explode in radiant light. He stares at you as he vanishes, turning to nothing but ash. Free us. Free all of us. I know you can do it. Good luck. Fuck. Yes. Let's go. I go up to the doorway to go into the next room, keeping my spiritual weapon up, ready to go in. I used so much power on that one, but holy shit, I got a fucking nat 20 on that, and it just sliced through him. Oh my god. Oh, man. I love this. This is fucking fun. It really feels like playing normal D&D. All right. This might be the best dungeon I've ever made, actually. But yeah, in front of you are a couple of doorways. Let's see how many. Two doorways sit in front of you. In front of you is yet again a doorway with a person standing in the middle. On the right is another room that appears to have some sort of podium in it and seems to be some kind of puzzle. Because I still have my weapon out, I'm going to go into the room with the one guy in it. As you walk in, it is the pseudo-dragon from before and all of the Sturges. The pseudo-dragon looks at you and begins to speak a riddle. I'm tasty on the inside. I'm curvy, not wide. If you step on my hide, you'll go for a ride. What am I? I look at him and I say, I don't have time for riddles. I need to take down the Lord of Fire. So I'm sorry to say this, but it's time that we fight. And I hit him with the spiritual weapon. Oh my god, I rolled a fucking nat 20 again. Holy shit, I'm using fucking D&D Beyond. And I got a goddamn nat 20 on my spiritual weapon. That's 2d8 plus 4. That's 13 damage to this little pseudo-dragon. Oh, shit. 
as he gets hit with a massive hammer, he screams the word, The answer was banana. It was banana. As he screamed out banana, he gets annihilated by the hammer, just disappears into a puff of smoke, completely dispelled and damaged. And you see around you all the Sturges become violently angry and come at you. This would be the point that I cast Flaming Sphere and immediately annihilate all of them, but I can't because I already used it before. It's a concentration spell and so a spiritual weapon, which means it's gone now and I can't use it. So I'm going to cast Burning Hands and wait. I'm going to ready my action so that when they all come at me, I'm going to cast Burning Hands to burn as many of them as possible. All eight of the Sturges fly towards you as you cast Burning Hands. Each of them tries to save. Pass. Fail. 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 Pass. Fail. Pass. Fail. Oh my god, I rolled max damage. 18. How the fuck am I getting such good rolls? I got 18 damage. Three sixes. Fucking take them out. They're gone, baby. As you hold out your hand, ready to take on this final challenge, fire erupts from it as all of the Sturges fly into it, one after another, burning away. They are all disintegrated, and you stand triumphant as the door opens. That's what you get. Banana? Am I going to guess banana? Come on. Let's go. I walk through the door, ready to take this boss on. All right, let's roll for the room and see if we can get to the boss. Nope, something else happens. As you enter the next room, you see a small campfire. Around this campfire are five kobolds, two of which have wings, and you recognize from before. They all turn and look at you. What's the room like? Like, what's around me? Around you are various pathways and cliffs of mountains that you can climb up that are 50 feet tall. And in front of you is a kobold inventor with a bunch of stuff on his back. Two regular kobolds standing around the fire. And the two kobolds you've seen before flying above you. What do you do? Hey, you... Nice to see you guys again. Do I recognize them as the guys I've seen before? Yeah, they have the same scars on their face and they look like the same people. So they seem to have found even more of their kind. More of their brothers and sisters. So at least there's that. Well, it'll be even better when I free them after I beat the shit out of them right now. Is my spiritual weapon still up? You turned it on, walked into the room, killed the Sturges in them in about 12 seconds... And plus six seconds, so that's 18 seconds. And then you walked in. So now it's been about 30 seconds since you turned it on. So you turned it on, killed the guy, walked through the door, killed the other guy, walked through the door. And now your spiritual weapon has about three turns, four turns left before it disappears. Cool. I'm going to hit him with the spiritual weapon, and I'm going to run behind the rock wall after I cast a spell. Who is the... uh? Strongest of all of them. That would be the inventor. He's a little bit stronger. 
you might still be way too powerful for these people. We'll see. All right. Well, yeah, I hit him with the spiritual weapon. That is a 19 plus 4. And that deals 9 damage. Your massive hammer flies through the sky and hits him upside the head. He's almost dead, but he's still alive. What do you do? I'm going to cast Guiding Bolt and shoot a beam of light at him right before I run around the corner. That is a 10. Well, you pull out your beam, you shoot a beam of light down the hallway at him, and uh, it misses past him. But that hammer did a ton of damage. And just so everyone knows at home, when you cast Spiritual Weapon, it stays for a minute, and you can use it as a bonus action. It doesn't count as a spell, so you can use it and cast spells still. It's one of the best things of being a cleric. So, you hide behind the wall, roll stealth. That is a 9 plus 4. 13. It is now their turn. Most of them can't tell where you are, but the one that you shot definitely knows where you are. He seems to be their leader. He's a little bit older than the other kobolds. And he says, Alright kids, it's time... To release my invention. He pulls out a bottle of alchemist fire that clearly he just bought somewhere. And he throws it at you. As he throws it, he gets a nine. It falls to the ground in front of him and burns in the hallway. Him not even realizing that he can't throw over the rock wall to hit you. And you're behind the wall. So he doesn't seem to be the sharpest tool in the shed. The two kobolds next to him that seem to be a little bit younger than him look at him and they say, It's okay, Dad. We'll take her out. The two of them take out their slings and ready in action for that the next time they see you, they will fire on you. The two winged kobolds up in the sky are pissed, especially the one that you disintegrated before. He flies directly above you and tries to drop a rock on you. He misses. The rock falls right next to you. His brother, the one that you traveled with, also drops a rock and misses. It is now your turn. What do you do? I'm going to use my spiritual weapon. I'm going to fly it up into the sky and hit the brother that I killed before so that I can uh, take him out. How high is he? Is he about 20 feet high? He's within range. He's 20 feet up in the air. They don't fly that high up. They kind of have to really exert themselves to go up high. All right. I got a 21 on my spiritual weapon. And it deals 7 damage to him. That is exactly his health. How do you take him out again? My hammer flies up into the sky, and it hits him across the face and just cracks his neck. And he just falls to the ground dead. And I yell out, Surrender or die! I don't have time to deal with you. These deaths are meaningless. You will simply wake up in the chamber so I can go all out. I don't need to hold back for you. And I walk out of the hallway and I cast burning hands on all of the others. Except for the one in the sky. Each of the kobolds makes a save. The old man beats it. His son fails. His daughter also fails. The three of them hit with your burning flames. I deal 11 damage, 11 fire, to all three of them. Oh my god, yeah, you are way too high level for them now. 
I have to adjust these challenge ratings as I do it. So yeah, you shoot fire out of your hands, and it burns the old man first, completely turning him to ash, and then the two, the brother and the sister. All three of them fall to the ground as ash, and you hear the last kobold yell out, We'll all see each other again. Stay in the room. You look up, and you see all that is left is the one kobold you traveled with before. What do you do? How you doing, Ricky? Rickety Ricky, I remember your name. It's been a while. I'm a lot stronger now. It doesn't seem like you guys got any stronger. You found your family, huh? When we die, we all go to the same room as the people that we were trapped here with. So all of us reunite each time we die. No matter what. So if I clear this room, I'd go back to them even if I died. But I hate you. You're burning us alive. You've been killing us. Why are you doing all this? We just want to go through the room just like you. Just let us kill you. I'm the only one strong enough to get all of us out of here. So get out of my way. I hit him with spiritual weapon right before it dissipates. That's a nat 20. That's 12 damage. As you hit him upside the head with your hammer, it crushes his skull, he falls to the ground, and your hammer disappears. The door opens, and you are standing in front of the fire. What do you do? Well, I haven't taken any damage in the last three fights, but I'd love to rest, but I'm not going to get any spell slots back unless I rest for eight hours. I'm going to try to sit down. As you sit down to try to relax by the fire, you notice a black, ominous smoke start to exit from the door you came in. The room is flooding with it. I'm going to place my hand in it just for a second as you touch the smoke you feel it melting your skin away as you pull it back you didn't take any damage but you can tell that if you spend any time in there longer than six seconds you'll be horribly hurt what do you do i'm gonna just go through the door it's a really good idea it's a good mechanic to like block the shadows from people so that they have to leave the room and they don't get to rest every room good idea you enter the next room. Let's see what we get. How tired are you, anyway? Well, I got one spell slot left, I and it's a it's a first level. I'm pretty healthy, but I'm running out of magic, and I've got no more mana to keep myself going. So if I run into the boss, it's going to be real hard. Well, it's funny that you say that, because you now run into the boss. So let's see what their deal is. As you enter the room, on the top of the doorway is a picture of a skull. Earlier, when you fought the mini-boss, it was a slightly smaller skull. But this one is terrifying. And you can tell that this is the leader of this floor. As you enter the room, the room is pitch black. So dark it's almost impossible to see. What do you do? I'm going to cast light and ready a firebolt on my other offhand, ready for anything. And I slowly walk through wherever I am. Around you are stone walkways and different mountainous areas, just like before. Pathways that seem to snake and move around. And it's almost like a maze. You're not quite sure where anything is. Make a perception check. 
That is a 12 plus 4. It's 18. You notice in the center of the pathways while you're walking through them a slight light in the distance. And as you start to walk towards it, you notice flames lighting the room. Ominous flames. I'm going to sneak up to the top and sort of climb around and see what I can see. As you look up to the ceiling to try to climb the rock wall, the rocks go into the ceiling and you can't actually climb on top this time. It seems like this room is much more dangerous than the previous ones. And it seems like you're almost on a mountain pass where there is no sky. And the room is pitch black. And all you see in front of you is that flaming light. What do you do? I'm going to try to peek around the corner and uh, see what it is. Perception check. That is a four. You can't quite tell what's going on, but you hear a horrifying howl in the darkness. <laughs> and it races towards you. You see the light moving down the hallway. What do you do? I'm going to make an illusion of myself and uh, hide behind the corner so I can see what attacks it. As you make an illusion, you walk back and you stare at it. And you see a massive wolf covered in flames trample and bite into your illusion, revealing that it is fake. This creature howls out and you see that it is a hellhound. A dog filled with fire, ready to kill anything in its way. It begins to smell for you. It knows exactly where you are. You hear a voice boom through the hallways. My little pet smells you. And soon I will feast on your flesh. I am the Lord of Fire. And I rule all who walk here. No one leaves my floor. Since he already knows where I am, I'm still going to make an ominous boom with my voice just like him, and I'm going to respond. And I'm going to say, Why would you stop others from leaving? Why would you hold people back? Why would you not try to leave this place? Everyone else is trying to get out. Why aren't you? Because I enjoy this place. Eternal life constantly returning back to life over and over again, resurrecting, killing endless scores of enemies. Why wouldn't I want to be here? This is a heaven the likes of which no one in my tribe has ever seen. This is all I have ever wanted in my existence. Shawgrass wants me to devour and eat the flesh of all those trapped in these walls. Why else would he bring me here? Can I make a religion check to see who Shawgrass is? Yep, I'll give you advantage and everything. Good thing you gave me advantage. Yes, nat 20. You can remember that Shawgrass is a orc god, and he is particularly the god of shadow and darkness, and he's more for hunters. And most orcs live in tribes, and people think they're just crazy people that kill and eat their enemies and, you know, have no rules or laws, and they're just savage monsters. 
But even in D&D lore, it states that actually orcs have a very specific culture where they believe in different gods and each kind of orc that you can find as a stat block, each, each servant of orc, are different followers and warriors of different gods. And he is a follower of Shargras, which is a ancient orc deity of hunting and darkness. And he seems to have lost his mind being trapped here for so long. What do you do? Come out and fight me then. Why do you need a dog to beat me? Face me one-on-one. One v one me, bro. Rust. Let's go. Roll persuasion with advantage. I think you would be into that. That is a 12 plus 3, 15. He speaks out. Why would I? You're no challenge. Whoever can kill my hound is worthy of fighting me. Otherwise, you are a waste. And anyway, I am very hungry, and my wolf loves to cook food for me. If you beat him, I'll face you. But I don't think that's going to happen for quite a while. Sicker. Kill her. Feed me. Cook her. The hellhound begins to pounce and race towards your direction. You have one turn before it reaches you. What do you do? All right. I am going to... I have one spell left. All of my spells have fire, except for Guiding Bolt. Actually, Inflict Wounds could do a lot. Let me see. Which one does more? Inflict Wounds does more damage. I'm going to ready an action. When it reaches me, I'm going to touch the side of it and cast Inflict Wounds on it. Fuck. I got a 12. It races at you, and you hold out your hand to try to cast this spell on it. And as you go to touch it, it bites into you before you can cast the spell, and you lose the spell slot. Dealing no damage. 17 plus 5. That definitely hits. It deals 6 damage to you as it bites in. It is now your turn. What do you do? Well, I have no more spell slots, so now it's time for me to actually fight with weapons, which I never do. I always leave them as a last-ditch effort. I'm going to swing my mace, and I'm going to pull out my maul and drop my shield. And I'm going to swing my maul at her. That's a 7 and a 17. 17 hits. My maul hits it upside the head, deals 9 damage. You strike into it, barely dealing anything to it. It seems to almost laugh at the hit you put on it. It then stares at you, looks you in the eyes, and uses its fire breath directly on your chest. Make a dexterity save with disadvantage. Fuck. That's a one. 21 damage goes straight to your chest and burns you from the inside out. You can feel the hot breath of the dog from its nose as it goes on your face. Fire bursting through your chest and splitting you through the middle. The orc speaks into the room and laughs as he walks up, you looking at his face. And he speaks out to you. Maybe next time, little girl. Bye. He begins to bite into your cooked flesh and eating you as you finally die. You wake up in the same room as before, knowing that next time we play, you will kill that son of a bitch. What do you say?
I'm gonna free everyone on this floor. I'm gonna get out of here. I'm gonna clear as many floors as it takes to get out of this dungeon. And I'm gonna come back and take this place down. By Alameus. I will destroy all of you. And that's where we're gonna end it. I hope you all liked this. I loved this. This was the most fun I've ever had doing a podcast. I might cancel one of my shows. Because this is fucking great. I love all of my podcasts. They're all really good. And they all give me something different each time. Seven Questions gives me the ability to write with my friend Scott. And we hang out and we actually make stuff. He's been really busy lately. And we didn't record a lot of backlogs. So I needed to come up with something else for this week. And this took a lot longer to make than I thought it would. But I really like this show. And it might go into the regular rotation at some point. But the other shows I make, we got Testers and Jesters, where I play D&D with someone else, and it's just like this, except uh, two people. I really like the way this turned out. It might be better than regular Testers and Jesters, just because it has better audio quality on both sides. But yeah, I still do table read, even though nobody watches it, because it's uh, it's for me. I like to write scripts, and it's a perfect practice ground because I write them and then I record them and then I edit them with sound editing so I learned so much with that show even if it is super cringy and awful to listen to eventually it won't be and I really like making it so I'm not going to cancel that and I love talking at no one because sometimes I want to write a movie but Scott's not here so I sit down and I write one and that's really easy to edit and it's a good like rest week but this show I don't know maybe it'll just go into the rotation and we'll just go at five week cycle instead of four weeks but i love this show so i hope you liked it too i have a lot of editing in front of me but this has been really fun if you want me to do all of these shows like weekly more consistently please review the podcast and actually listen to it watch it check out my youtube channel check out my twitch support me because if you watch my stuff and if i actually end up making money on all this I can pay someone to actually edit these podcasts so that I can make more of them. Because right now it's just me editing them. And that means I can only make one a week. But if we could get a whole crew, I could get four editors and I could just pay each of them to edit every week. And then I could edit the fifth show. And then there would be five shows a week. And we could record them all in bulk. But I'm only going to do that if we get enough reviews five-star reviews actually writing real shit and i'll read them all out and everything but if we get reviews if we get follows if we get subscribes then i'll be able to actually make more of this and make all of these way more consistently and with better quality but if not i'm gonna make them forever even if nobody's watching so the shows with other people might end because they don't want to sit around and do something for nothing but this show i'm gonna do this show the rest of my life this was so fun. So anyway, thanks for listening. This has been D and Me, The Pit. Bye.